because we love dogs and because they're part of our community, if we're not doing the right thing to look after them, well, then who's representing them? Mm. And then, of course, if we, as dog owners, allow this sort of thing to happen, bad management where children can put their hands through a fence and the dog, you know, it was only a few years ago, Malamute, like, took the five-year-old's hand off or something like that, right? Um, these things happening. If we're hearing this and it's going the first page on the newspaper or it's making the headlines, again, what does that look like for dogs in 20, 25, 30 50 years mm. is, is, are we going to lose the ability to look out to look after these beautiful majestic, majestic animals even though they're big and powerful are we doing the right thing and so. with good management i mean the dog gets to enrich the live life of the child of the baby you sure. know you want a young child to have positive experiences with a with yeah. a dog and and to to grow up with a dog is such a um such a privilege and such an amazing experience you know like it is. it's a great um, tool to teach the child about life in general. So they love to play with dogs. Mm. We also love. They love to train them. They love to show that. Oh, I could send the dog to the bed until I say okay. Welcome to Life with Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts, and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live, and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, man. Episode 9. Babies and dogs. Babies and dogs. So, it's a pretty common thing that's coming up with you now with your clients and you've obviously got a four-month-old son as well, Leo. So, this is uh, a good time to, to cover this. Yeah, so as um as I woke up this morning, I was thinking, what what episodes am I going to do today? And Tanya Tanya whipped it out. She's like, "Hey, talk about babies and dogs." And since yeah, four months now of having the baby, so it's given me um, a bit more of a perspective. Even obviously, he's going to grow and he's going to start moving and doing different things. So then there's a different way of dealing with it. Of course, he's a new newborn or he's an infant now, so. Mm. You know, but we want to talk about those initial four months, let's just say, and leading up to it as well. They say the statistic is seven out of ten dogs that get that seven out of ten children that are bitten by dogs happen inside their own home, okay. which means that it's their own dog that is biting them. So what we want to do is to begin with is talk about yeah, being proactive with your training. So be proactive in terms of setting up a foundation of what you do. So obviously all the episodes that have led up to today, we address structured walking. We want to talk about, you know, giving a dog a job and keeping training consistent, what to do if your dog is a reactive dog or if he's aggressive. Good management's always number one. And part of our management is being proactive. If you know a baby's coming into the house, then start having some, start developing a good habit of giving your dog some activity. We're not going to neglect him before it happens and then of course we're going to neglect them even more when the baby comes mm. so you got to you got to set up a good schedule and structure of your training so that would incorporate all of those things mentioned along with what are you going to do in terms of having some sort of foundation in the house people ask me all the time how are your dogs with, with the baby and i appreciate the question however if you truly knew my dogs then you would say well obviously there's no problem like mm. what is my dog what spades going to do really he's not going to run up to a baby that's crying and bite him make no sense right so right now there is no real interaction in terms of like they're not interacting mm. they're, they're in the same space they share the, the house but they're not really well because baby can't interact with him now this yeah. is what happens i'll be holding i'll be hold, holding leonardo and he'll just like see nookie walk in the room and he'll be like 
and he just popped this massive smile. It's hilarious. It's cute. He'll see he'll see the dogs, and he he's aware what of. What do them. the dogs think of him? Nook, Nook, obviously, Nookie's a bit more of a people dog, right? Like, as in, she's she 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 seeks attention. A little she bit loves more than, kids. Yeah. Like she sees kids. She like that's her ultimate reinforcement. Yeah, is um to play with kids. So for sure. Now again, as I said, they they're not. Oh my god! Ah, and being very animated, and that's what Nookie's more um more more liking towards and to like adults as well. However, with Leonardo, he's not like he wasn't doing anything. He hasn't been doing anything. So, mm. so he's four months old. What's he's four he months do? old. What's he going to do? Exactly. So the thing that he does do is cry, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll talk a bit about that as well mm. as the episode goes on. So yeah, be proactive with your training, have a good foundation. So your dogs understand what it is to mean that when I say go to your bed, bed means you stay on your bed until I release you. Mm. And there's ways to teach it. There's ways to train it. And top three commands. That you should be able to teach a dog is a good downstay. You hold you down until I release you. A recall, no matter what's happening around us, I you I call you to come. You come back to me, and then when I say bed, you go onto your bed, and you stay there until I release you. A placement command is a more technical term for it. Um, right now as we speak, um, Nookie's on her bed. Spades isn't, but he, that's his corner, so he hangs yeah. out in the corner. Well, but if I had two beds here, I'd say bed, and they go onto it. So yeah. I guess we can talk about the bed command. I think that's really important in terms of your training, particularly you- in for this episode, being that babies and dogs in the house. So what what's the most common command in the house is or most important is bed. Yeah, I'd say the bed command yeah. most important for inside the house yeah. for sure. So how to teach a bed as a quick rundown: you have food, you lure the dog onto the bed. As soon as all four paws touch the bed, you say the word bed. Yes, reward. So use your marker. Bed, mark, reward, bed, mark, reward. And we do this over time so the dog understands every time I'm committed fully onto the bed, I get rewarded. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't, um, you, you're not sure what marker means, go back and listen to, I think, the second or third episode, What is Marker Training? That's it. Because it is, there's a reason we did that. You did that first or, you know, very early on in the piece is it is the foundation of all training. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, Good so call. go and listen to that Marker Training episode. Definitely. And look, in the way that we've set up these, like these, the, those, those initial um, podcasts were so that people can refer to them. Yeah. People that have been listening consistently or understand foundations of training then the rest of the things make more sense mm. so i think it's important so yeah so we start to teach the dog what bed means the dog goes onto his bed and then we reward him then from there we want to start then uh, the work on those three d's duration how long can the dog stay on the bed distance how far can i get from the dog while he's on his bed and then distraction what is happening around the dog for them to hold that bed so obviously today we're not talking about bed command it's not going to focus all on that one command but do your research i've got some videos up there on, on nutris pooch's youtube channel so you can check that out in terms of what to do in the in different stages of the bed but bed essentially means i say bed you go into your bed you stay there until i release you and so nookie for example would be more of the grub in the house and she's like hanging at your feet when you're in the kitchen. You may potentially step on her, etc. So my kitchen, my living room next to each other, but they're two separate rooms. Mm. I say bed when she's in my way. She would leave the kitchen into the living room she go into. She does that on first command, no foods involved. I don't put any pressure on her. She stays there until I release her. So it's a place to kind of contain your dog, have your dog in one spot. So then you're sending them to a target away from you. You stay in that one spot until I need you to get mm. out of that position. Let's talk about why it's actually good for the dog as well. It's not just about yeah. you, right? For the dog, um, gives her somewhere to feel safe. Mm-hmm. She knows that that's her space. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, it also gives them um, some level of impulse control in the house. So while you're inside the house, the bed is a place to like right now, she's sleeping on there. That's like, it's a play, it's a controlled position. It's a feeding station, controlled position, and it is a target that I send you away from me. So it's a good skill to have in life. 
and 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 it's going to be more important as we get on with with the list that I've got here in terms of what I want to address. So th- those are the benefits to it. Also, I guess your bed doesn't have to be in one spot in the house. The bed can always be moving. Like Nookie, when she first came here, we put that cushion on the ground. We mm-hmm. told her bed and she went on there. She'd never been here before. She'd no. never used that actual bed no. before, but it's a different texture to what the ground is. I point to it and I say bed and she goes onto it. And another good example, I put a video up there on Instagram a while ago. We're at, um, at the hospital and we're allowed to bring the dogs and I brought her. I had no, so normally I could like use a blanket, a towel or something, say Ben should go onto it. This case I had, I didn't have any of those things on me. I was kind of ill prepared, not good management. <laughs> and I knew that when the nurses were going to come in, she would get excited and pr- try to interact with them. I don't want that to happen. Um, they have an important job to do, administering drugs, whatever. So I want them to be free of distraction. And of course, another opportunity to train, to practice my training. Mm. So I put a newspaper in the corner. The nurses probably thought that was for her to pee, but it was a place for her to be. I say bed. She went onto the bed. I mean, right. onto the newspaper. I sit down. She lay so on it. It can be almost anything. It could be anything. If you've re- reached that level of That's training. Right. Yeah. Now, from there, the, the, the nurses came in. They did the thing. They were there for about, you know, four or five minutes. They left. I said, okay, she got off. Good control, good management. Perfect. So have a bed command. Have that ready before you even conceive your child, right? Sort of thing. Yeah. Have, have you have your um. Well, that's ha- another thing, isn't it? Um, and I've heard you, we've spoken about this privately before, but the concept or the topic of um, um, at what point is it a good or a bad idea to be getting a new dog? In terms of how close that is to a child coming into the house, that yeah. sort of thing. You it's know, good, I think there was good. one client who had a, a brand new puppy. And the woman is like, I think when we went there, she was like five, five or six weeks away from giving yeah. birth, and the and the puppy was only like twelve weeks or maybe a little bit older. So it's like, wow, that's a lot of energy in the house, you know, to be training the dog, and then, well, realistically, what's going to happen when you have the baby is that the dog's training is going to take a back seat. Well, that and look, it's a it's a fantasy, not fantasy, an ideal that we have in our mind that the baby and the dog will grow up together. And look, that probably will happen. Of course, they'll grow up together. Mm. But if we're talking about good management. Good management and setting yourselves up for success because we know that having a baby is a lot of work. I'd say maybe if you, if we could plan things in life, have, have these things set out in a, in a map would be that if you want a dog and you want to have a baby, have the dog about, you know, 10 months, 12 months old when the baby comes into the world. I think that's good. Or you have your baby until a good amount of time. I'm due to get another puppy. I haven't had a pup. I haven't purchased a puppy for many reasons. So I'm trying to mm. make the right decision in terms mm. of how do I allocate my time and enough time that I can commit yep. to raising As this puppy. How old is Leo going to be before you bring another, and that's essentially it. another baby into yeah. the house? And I'm not doing it now. Yep. No way. There's just way too much happening. I could have the potential to do it any time that I want, but mm. I'm going to make the right choice. So I'm making sure everyone's getting my attention equally, and especially giving myself attention equally too. Mm. But in terms of your baby and your dog, you know, you just don't want too much of a, of, of madness, right? There's no rush. The baby is not even conscious of the dog properly and interacting until they're a little bit older. So, so yeah, so that's a good point. You know, plan, plan it appropriately. Now you can have them at the same time, but make sure you know what you're doing. And have good management inside your house. So, for example, crate training very important for a puppy up up to about a year old. I'd be, I'd, I'd say it's an it's an ideal thing to do. So even up to twelve months. Up to twelve Depends months depends on the size of the dog, I guess, and the size of the. Like you, as in, you don't probably don't want to be buying too many crates, or how well, how big? Well, you could get a big crate, and then you yeah. can just petition it off so it's small. And then if you know the dog's going to be a large breed dog, then mm-hmm. then we can petition it to be more bigger and bigger as yeah. the dog gets on. Um, but why? I guess well. 
you want to show that dog for the first year, like we want it to be normal to stay in a crate. So when crate isn't a punished place to be, if you're naughty, go in no. your crate. Crate is a place where it's you rest, you relax. It's a safe space. I can close you in. That's your place to be. It builds um, independence. It teaches your dog to be, um, well, you're getting good management, good for toilet training, good for destructive behavior. Mm. The reason why that advice is out there is that for the first year, we say that if we can control the dog in good management, we don't leave your puppy free roaming inside your house for the first year because then we're developing bad habits, et cetera. In this case, talking about babies, it becomes a good thing. So then that way there, yeah, of course you have the backyard, you have the house, but there's times where you want your dog to have its place and it can work really well. Again, it's not essential. You don't need to do it, but I recommend it. I think it's a good skill to have. And the next puppy I have, 100% will be crate trained. Yep. Um up until I find that it's necessary that I don't need it, but you want it to be a good, amount, a good amount of time that if he's five, he needs to go into that crate, then he knows what it is. So Spades was crate trained? Um, none of my dogs have been crate trained, mine, mine personally. Um, next one will be. Yep. Um, I've got a more of a of an attraction to it. Mm. Since and hey, that shows your evolution as a trainer as well, your education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're always learning new things. So it doesn't right. necessarily mean you knew, this, knew about this 10 years ago when you got yeah. Spades, but of now course. you do, yep. you use that tool. She was, because I didn't own Nookie as a puppy. I got her when she was a year and a half old, and she was in like in a closed um, exercise pen. So it's kind similar. of similar. Yeah. Um, Giving the dog its own space. That's right. If I put them into a crate, if they were big enough for both of like for each of them individually, I don't think there would be a problem. Um, however, I personally haven't crate trained them. But I don't need to. For them and the age that they are and, and the level that I'm happy with their behavior, then everything's pretty cool with that. So, so yeah, so bring the baby home. This is um, everyone thinks that this is the most important and it's it's significant, probably not the most important, but you want it to go as good as possible for your dogs, for your baby, and for yourself. So, what I did with my and I, and I think most of this will be talking about what I've done and what I've given advice, but more about my actual um, way that I approach it. So, what I did was Leah was um, when he was like freshly born, he had his own blankets. I'd, after two or three days of him using those blankets or their sheets, I took two of them. So I wanted to put two on, on each of the dog's beds when I came home. Now, my dogs were being looked after while I was, and we spent like, you know, there's four days in the hospital mm. after Leah was born. So they were being looked after. So I didn't really have that. Op- I did come home a couple of times, but I didn't come home and put the beds because my dogs went at home. They were at my parents' house. So what I did was I had those blankets and I had them ready to go. Now, I told my parents to drop my dogs off at my house before me and Tanya and Leonardo rocked up home for the first time. What I did was, so I came home. I knew that they hadn't seen me for a few days. So before I did anything, I put those sheets on their beds. I went outside, not too much excitement, but I said hi to my dogs and gave them a pat, told them I love them. And then I held Leah. Tanya went outside, did the same thing. It was vice versa. I think Tanya went out first. I went out, whatever. I took him for a quick little walk. Right, because you'd been at the hospital for a few days, so they for hadn't sure. seen you. They hadn't seen me, yeah. so the overexcitement, we don't want them bounding in and getting too excited, which, again, they're not overly boisterous dogs. Mm. However, excitement level is good to keep it as calm as possible for just for, for life. That's how it always good is. Good management. You never come into my you never come into my house, baby or not, mm. running around like it's a like a stampede. We walk into the house, and this is our den. This is our place of worshipping our body. It's a place of worshipping our, our relationship, and it's mm. a place of of harmony, re- regeneration, recharging, rather than a, it's not it's not a playground. We don't want dogs coming in, bounding off the wall, bouncing off the walls. You come in, you go in your bed, you hang out. Mm. We're chilling. No one, no one's um, um, overly excited. So I took him for a quick little walk, just up and down the street, just take out the energy, said hi, whatever. Again, normal routine. It's just normal day. Then when I came in, I um, 
I let them in and I sent them onto their bed. They're like, what's that new smell? They're like, what's going on? Obviously, they seen the changes of Tanya as well. She was pregnant, things like that. However, whether they knew or not, who knows? They went onto their bed, they hung out, and then I think I grabbed, I had Leonardo in my arms. I sat down on the floor and I called them over. They came over. I had food with me as well. And they just basically, they came, they sniffed, and they just laid down next to me. It was like- yeah, there's a baby there. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, now, yeah. if your dog is really pushy and very over the top and you can't control them inside your house, well, then have the dog on a lead at, at least if mm. you're inside the house. Or, um, or yeah, again, good that, that good management. I wouldn't say go outside. It's probably a little bit inappropriate. The baby's fresh, and if it's cold, it was cold, middle of winter. I'm not going yeah. outside at nighttime. So, yeah, bring the dog inside, have them on their bed, and we don't make a big deal about, come on, sniff, sniff the baby. It's just like, this is my baby. Like, if you can't be – close to me without like licking his whole face and jumping on me while he's three days old, well then you may as well just stay stay away from me, right? So um so we so we did the that. same as walking, like this interaction has rules. That's you know, right. I want you to be calm, I want you to be collected, I don't yep. want you to jump on the baby, cause an incident. Yep. Um if you respect the rules of, of the interaction, then you can spend time with the baby and vice For sure. Person. Exactly. Yep. And again it's not Someone said this was another trainer. I can't remember who it was on YouTube. I heard it and he goes, even his baby didn't touch the dogs until the, the baby was eight months old. Right. Because like, what does it mean? If mm. you're six months old to touch the dog and like, what does a dog, a baby do when they grab a dog? They're like, they don't pat the dog. They grab it and they try to pull their hair. That's a bad experience. The, the dog may have a bad experience, especially like even a small dog may see, and especially because they're more sensitive and they may like yeah. do a social correction on the, on the baby's hand. Now, now your dog's bitten your baby. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I was on the ground. They were sniffing. They lay with me. This is all beautiful. Took a couple of photos. Yeah, nice. And um, I'm like, come on, on your bed. They went on their bed, and it was just like another day. Now, every single time Leah started to cry, whether he was hungry or he was just woken up or whatever, I'd mark my dogs and reward them. The baby was crying, mark and reward, mark and reward, mark and reward. And I was just making a positive experience with that. I wasn't trying. I didn't want – and, again, another thing is if your dogs are sensitive to you and if you're frustrated, you're sleep-deprived, and then you're getting the shits because your baby's crying all the time, then your dog's picking up on this – the dog only makes an association with the baby's crying mm. because of your reaction. Rather, unless your dog's super scared of any sound that happens and he hears the sound of the baby crying and then they get nervous. But most of the time, if the baby's crying, it's like, fuck, man, okay, you grab the baby, I'll grab it. And he thought something, life happens, right? And we're, let's just say we're frustrated or that you're in a state. You want your dogs to represent or see the representation of food. I mean, baby equals something good happening. Basically. So that's what I do with my dogs, especially spades can be a little bit more sensitive to my reaction. If I start to get frustrated or, and I do like one of those frustrated sighs, he may get nervous. Not so much anymore, but mm. it used to be when I had to, again, spades helped me deal with a lot of my own issues, you know, with being more patient. Don't be so angry. Don't be so reactive yourself. And yeah. if he started reacting to me, then I wanted to change myself because he was so He's really learned to be very um, attuned to you. It just happened to yeah, be that way. I don't. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I taught him to do that mm. without intentionally doing. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's absorbed that for sure. Yeah. And and again, because I'm more aware of it, I can see it and go, "Oh, I should change my state of mind." Spades looks a little bit. It's nervous. funny, isn't it? He's right. like a. He's he's a, he's my teacher. It's like a bellwether for your uh, yeah. for your behavior. That's right. Yeah, and like so, a little bit on that is that let's just say back in the days, I would be arguing with my mom, my, my girlfriend, whoever, and like I'm talking like shouting, screaming, whatever, mm. and then he would get up and walk away and get, and he you could see like he, it, yeah. he was distressed. He didn't like it. He didn't want to be around me. 
And I started to see when I was getting into an argument, let's just say, or I was starting to lose my temper, he would get up and go, ooh, go check myself. And because it was on the, the same time I started working with dogs, I started my journey of self-development to start to see these things. Mm. And then, of course, what I would do then, I'd go, I'll, I'll be back, I'll stop the conversation, take spades around the block, come back home. He's reset, I've reset, deal with it better. Yeah, so Perfect. Good, that's awesome. So dogs teach me, I teach them. Thanks, Beautiful. Space. Thanks, buddy. You're a good man. You're making the world a better place, huh? So, um, so yeah, so making that association. I didn't want Spades to get nervy because Leah was crying. And then that way they're now he cries and they don't even flinch. There's like nothing happens. Mm. It's, just, it's just a neutral reaction. It's just part and that's of perfect. being that's in just, the house now. That's yeah. right. And so, yeah, so have the scent. And I think the scent just kind of brings familiarity. Mm. Plus it's, dogs are so driven by their nose, right? Of course. So you creating that like like familiarity and, and, hey, that's a good thing. That, that it, smell it, is a new smell. And it's on it's me now yeah. and it's on you and it's just, and it's not like it's about that. Now, um, what you want to do is teach your dogs not to be too overly like, again, if your dog's eating a raw food diet, for example, you don't want your dog licking a baby. Mm-hmm. They're still developing their immune system and who knows what sort of bacteria is going on in their mouth. So again, this is another thing to think about, not just what physical harm could happen if your dog was overexcited and jumping and scratching your baby, um, being fearful and biting your baby. Mm. Um, also think about the, those, those other biohazards as well that could, that could potentially be there. And my dogs are raw fed most of the time. So, you know, at nighttime you wash your hands after you feed them, after you pat them, you know, there's that general hygiene, which is, it's, which yeah. is important. Um, and. I guess not making it such a big deal, like, come on, sniff the baby, sniff the baby. Like, it, you just be as cool and normal as possible. Don't try to load it up or jack it up, especially if your dog's scared of the baby. Then you want to make sure that it's as normal while you're at home than possible rather than putting the baby on this, like, come on. And we sometimes make it worse by, come on, it's okay, sniff, sniff, making sniff. Making too much of it. Yeah, you're forcing it on. It, yeah, the yeah. dog's like, man, this is weird. Why are you guys acting so weird? Yeah. You never do that with anything else except yeah. for the baby. Mm-hmm. So there could be that as well. Um, baby crying, we talked about that. Develop house etiquette. We've already kind of spoken about that. When your dogs are going to be inside your house, make sure you have a level like, so for example, perfect example, my dog can jump on the bed and can jump on the couch, which admittingly has been a long time since I've come up. Nook is probably more likely to jump on the couch because she's small and she's not so big. But my dog's, are only allowed to jump on my couch if I invite them up. So I normally tap the bed or the couch and mm. I say jump up. And when I say off, my dog knows to jump off immediately. Now, it's for a few reasons this is important, especially if you have a baby, is that sometimes you're going to put your baby on the couch and you don't want your dog out of excitement, miscuing something, jumps up and steps on the baby. Mm. Or you don't want your dog jumping up on the couch, sleeping, then you go, come on, get off, and then the, or the baby gets too close and then he starts to resource guard the bed and he starts to lift his teeth and he's about to bite. The baby doesn't see that as a as a warning to, hey, don't touch me. The dog, get, um, the baby touches the dog and then we've got to bite. Well, that was one of the biggest issues with Chloe, with our dog, when you were working with That's her. Right. It wasn't yeah. a baby, but it was my mum mm-hmm. being in bed at night yep. and then dad would come home late, really late from work. Yep. Like in the middle of the night and it's dark and Chloe would resource guard mum and she wouldn't let dad anywhere near the bed. I try to remember that. Even though any other time of day, you know, she'd be eating out of his hand because actually I think she's probably closer to dad than mum. But at that point, um, yeah, she, she was there you go. resource guarding. Exactly. Yeah. And, and these can happen. So, um, so that's really important, making sure. So when we've seen um, the dog today that they're and then they're expecting very soon that the dog jumps up onto the couch to bark at the dogs now again talking about redirective redirected aggression in our last episode 
these things can happen. Baby's too close to dog. Dog's in a high level of arousal. Dog gets touched by baby. Baby gets bitten by dog. Again, it's another potential. And anyway, you don't want your dog jumping up on the couch all the time. Like, it's just ridiculous. I don't come to your house and step on your couch. You mm. don't go home and step on your own couch. Mm. What the hell are you letting your dog just jump out of nowhere and mm. walk all over your couch? And then when your dog lays on the couch and his ass is so close to the cou- the pillow and that's where you put your face. Again, mm. like, we got we don't think about it. Or if your dog's eating a bloody bone and he's got fat and blood on him, on his paws and he's jumping on your couch again, the spread of bacteria, it's gross, you got to clean your couch. It all comes back to good management, doesn't it? Good management and have some have some respect for your things and teach your dogs to respect your things as well. And then, of course, for those accidental things that could happen as, um, on top of that. So I have no problem with a dog jumping on the couch as long as you invite them, you say off and they get off. How do you suggest you do that? A quick little tip, you'd have your dog on a lead, for example, or at least have a collar on inside the house. You say jump up, the dog jumps up, awesome. That is the reinforcement. You don't really have to do much, give them a pat. We say off if... And then to follow through with off is that with the lead, we put a, some pressure on their collar. As soon as they commit to coming off, you take the pressure off, you reward them. You with say food. jump up with food or yeah. with whatever. You can mark that. I would say with food because I, my, my rule is, I guess it's a good thing to bring up too, is that we don't play any ball, any tug inside the house. That's my rules. Inside the house That's is the a place to, of kind, as I said before, it's, it's, it's my temple. It's not a playground. Calm. Yeah. So, and of course for injuries. So Nookie has a subluxating, um, platella in her knee mm. and what happens is so what that means is that it partially dislocates and out of nowhere she found a ball one day in the house again i may have talked about this in she episode. found a ball in the bush the other day we were, yeah we finished the true. session and we we're like what's nookie doing over there in the bush <laughs> and she'd been playing with your tennis ball during the session and then she disappeared and she came back with she found one. another tennis ball <laughs> she's a fiend right um she's got a good nose and, and again that shows the value of uh, and the ball is a very high value reinforcer for her mm. so she found this little ball. She brought it to me and I'm like, eh, what the hell? And I'm watching on the ground, doing some stretching, watching TV. And, but, and I throw the ball into the bedroom. She runs around the corner of the floorboards. She slips because it's slippery. And then she pops her leg and she's like, wow. And for like a week, she was um, favoring it. We had to pop it back in. And Shit. so again, we see that happen. Mm. I could have been avoided. Why are you throwing the ball in the house? Yeah. Slippery floors again. Um, dogs pop ACLs same, and ligament Same damage. thing happened. Um my mate, he um, Lee, he uh, he's the the second in charge at the at the Park Hyde in Melbourne, and they've got the, ho- the hotel has a guide, a failed guide dog, Mister mm-hmm. Walker. And when he was a puppy, this was before Lee's time. Um, someone in the back of house, um, I believe it was a tennis ball, and they threw it very similar to Nookie threw it, and he ran into uh, a filing cabinet, mm-hmm. and I can't think it was his shoulder or his knee. Mm-hmm. But now he basically he's not allowed to like it was bad. He had to have surgery. Yeah. Um, he's not allowed to run now. Mm-hmm. And and if he ha- even if he has a very intense walk, the next day he'll sort of favor his leg. Yeah. So yeah. hey, you know, I, I'm just thinking about it now. Like, what would Mum say? Like, no, don't play in the house. Don't yeah. play ball in the, house. Or, in the house. Stop running in the house. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's 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 for safety. That's what the park's for. That's what the park for. We go in the backyard. You play. All right. Mm. So when we're inside the house, we don't play these games. So then we don't have this over Again, I'm comparing to my dogs. People have a lot more hyper-excited dogs. Show them that when you're inside their house, you are focused and calm and relaxed. Very mm. important. Setting everything up for success. Showing them that when the baby's going to start interacting, when the baby starts to walk around, you got to – which brings me to the, my next point. Well, we talked about the couch, right? So yep. we, we yep. finished that. Oh, yeah, we're talking about getting them on and off the couch. Sorry, I'll talk about that real quick. So, yeah, so we just go jump up. We say off. They get off. You reward. Jump up and off. Make sure that this is, happens a lot. We teach down. For the dogs to lay down, then people say get down 
when they're telling the dog to get off the couch. Right. The dog lays down onto the couch and then we get mad at them. So right. make sure you clear. Pick a word. We, we pick a word that one doesn't word overlap. One word for one action. That's right. Yeah. So how I teach my dogs, and, and there's no right or wrong with this, down is to lay down, drop is to drop what you got, and off is to get off something. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, and so just quickly, and then you've um, you've mentioned this before. So when you are training the dog, you say that you might aim to do three to five sessions a day three to five minutes each time. So, let's say you were trying to train the dog to, in this case, do the, the sofa off. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? Would you do repetitions for, say, three to five minutes? For sure. Yep. It could be part of your your your, your training, training etiquette or your routine, for sure. Um, so, I'm just looking at my phone here, not to be rude, but I want to find a post that I did talk about children and dogs, and I think bringing up some of those points would be very handy for us. So, yeah, so while I do that, I am going, Luke can say something. <laughs> say something for me, bro. <laughs> I'm just waiting on you, man. Um, anyway, I'll bring that up later as we're talking and then I will we'll find talk it. about it. Yeah. Because there was a couple of points there that I didn't want to miss because these things are really important. As I said, seven out of ten dogs are getting bitten by-, by um, Seven out of ten dog bites. Dog bites for children happening in inside the home, yeah. happening by your own dog. Makes sense, really. Yeah. Unfo- it is unfortunate, but it does make sense. Yeah. Well, again, of course, there's more likely they're going to be around each other, blah, yeah. blah, and, you know, and, of course, we've got to teach children how to approach dogs, how not to approach dogs, and, and also we need to understand dogs' body language so we can start to read what the dog's feeling in that moment before we then start to um, – we don't want to wait for the dog to then act out when the dog's giving clear warning signs of what's happened. I know that we've titled this episode Babies and Dogs, but would you do you have some say some some advice for say not not necessarily older older children, but like maybe toddlers or as as children um getting older, obviously the way you manage them is different. Like let's say you had like a three or four year old or even a two year old and you bring a puppy into the house. Yep. You dealt with those sorts of clients before? Do you have for any sure. advice there? Definitely. So I found what I'm looking for, so thanks for That's filling right. in that gap. It's a, good, it's a good question, of course. Good segue. So we'll talk about the babies, about what to do when we first step, um, the first step in, like, you know, that first maybe, say, eight months. Mm. And then from there, when the baby starts to crawl around, what do we do from then and what do we do about children that are old enough to know what to do? And I've got plenty of stories of, of what we can talk about. So one way to answer that is that when we're inside the house and we've talked about dog beds, dog beds are on dog beds. Babies are on play mats. Dog bed, dogs are not allowed on a play mat. Babies are not allowed on the dog bed. Period. End of story. There is no, no ifs or buts about it. You mm-hmm. have to stick that. It has to be so strict that there's no room for, for error for that one. Very, very important. And the reason why is because we want the dog to know that he can go to away if he's feeling stressed or anxious or he's tired or he can't be bothered. He can go to his bed. When we're doing tummy time with the baby, when a baby's playing with toys, especially if your dog likes to play with toys, dogs are not allowed to play with the baby's toys. That's just how it is. We stick that clear um, through interaction. So the dog has its own bed. It has its own toys. The kid has its own play mat. And the kid That's has right. its own toys. Perfect. And then that way there, then we're, um, we're, we're ensuring that we're not going to have any accidents, any mistakes that could happen. And also just everyone has to have the space. Let's respect each other's space is very, very important. And yeah, of course, we've got to teach children, first of all, not to get into the habit of going up to dogs. For example, let's just say Leo grows older and he's three years old and he's gotten used to putting spades in a headlock because spades tolerates it, for example. Mm. Then he goes to auntie's house and then he sees a big black Labrador and the dog's on the dog bed and the, do- and the child has never been taught, don't ever approach a dog while he's on the bed, all right? And the dog's in his most safest space possible. Kid runs up, 
puts Fido into a headlock and then Fido goes, bah, and then pops him on the face, mm. right? And bites him in the face. So and then- His fault really is that in that situation. And, and, it's and not it's, the dog's fault, but it's, the it's dog's going to- Well, the dog will cop it. The dog shouldn't have done it for sure because it's not ideal for no, us for that to happen. it's bad management. And it's bad management. And also the child should have learned how to interact with dogs mm. and, and engage with them appropriately. Mm. So good habits are very important. Always, and so what I do, and I, when I'm doing talks, and I'm and I'm teaching, especially children, but also um, human, like adults, how to um, how to approach dogs, is that we when we the old advice was put your hand out so the dog can smell your hand. Now, if you break that down, especially if you're looking at the video here, if I put my hand out and I'm walking towards the dog, I'm advancing towards a dog that's scared of me, potentially aggressive, and I've given him something to bite, and I'm looking like I'm about to touch him. And if he doesn't want to be touched and it looks like he's being going to be touched, he's going to bite your hand, yeah. right? The dog can smell you from very far away. He yeah. does not need to be next to you yeah. with your hand in his it's face. It's very anthropomorphic, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Assuming that a dog can't – I mean, it's a it's a dog. It's got like 30,000 times the smell of our yeah. – Yeah, probably human. even more, right? Yeah. So what I like to do if I'm about to approach a dog and I want to in- engage with him and interact with him is that I get down low, I put my side to the dog. Hey, buddy. So your organs are safe, safer than they would be if you're facing onto the dog like this. For sure, yeah. yeah. So, for example, if I'm showing the side of my body, then it's the strongest part of my body. I've got my shoulders, I've got my back muscles, my glute and my legs. So if I was to get attacked, especially if you're in the industry and you're working with dogs, you get down low so then you have a bit of protection for sure. That's why getting into the fetal position He's protecting those vital organs. When you're walking up to a dog and the dog jumps up, bites your face, your throat, your chest, your generals, your inside of your thigh, like all these things are bad places to be bitten. Mm. A lot of important arteries and stuff. So, see, of course, um, get down low. Don't look like a threat. If you get down low and go to the side and like, hey, the dog comes up, happy to engage, then you can engage with the dog and give him a soft pat. We don't pat over their head, but we pat to the side of the face. So the dog, then, and then, of course, if the dog's fully friendly and you can see that and we have all assessed the adult supervision, etc., this is very good. Um, we also want to talk about so how to approach dogs. Also, you know, making sure that if the dog's a little bit nervous but not, like, aggressive or anything, but mm-hmm. still, like, unsure of how to deal with kids running around the house when kids' friends come over, etc., is that when people come over, um, children come over, get the – Get them to say the word yes and chuck food on the floor. Yes yep. and chuck food on the floor and start this leaky toddler technique. So, again, we've talked about Chad Macken now in two episodes in a row, but he's coined that technique about- What's he call it? The, the, tod- um, the leaky toddler. Leaky toddler because he leaks food. Well, because if the baby's up on the high chair, the, the dog is mainly going to be hanging at the bottom of the high chair because that's where their food is. Mm. So, then if we can think about that in terms of adapting that into our training routine is that if people, kids are walking around, they're just saying yes and dropping food on the floor. They don't even have to use the marker. But using the marker makes it a little bit nicer, especially if the dog knows it. Even just dropping food on the floor, the dog then follows and starts eating. And then there's going to be more reason for the dog to want to hang around and then slowly start to desensitize him to the action of the children, making positive experiences. And then from there, then he's going to be wanting to look forward to seeing the visitors. Mm. Um, and, you know, with children as well, we want to make sure you're always supervising. I don't know what age I'd say that you would always supervise. As long as you know... Like, for example, you wouldn't let three-year-olds unsupervised with my dogs. I'm not going to let Leonardo unsupervised even with my dogs, and I know that my dogs are friendly. They've never been it's aggressive. Not, yeah, it's not good management. It's, just, it's not good management. Things can happen, especially if I'm not there and he does something stupid and pulls someone's He's ear. He's a kid. He doesn't know everything. He, you have yeah. to be there to represent um, what a, what good behavior is, but also to represent the dogs. When yeah. they show, I'm not enjoying this situation sure. at the moment, you yeah. have to represent the dogs to Leo and say, yeah. hey- just back off a bit. And if you if you can't like 
we when we're again this is now talking about discipline styles how do you set structure and how do you follow through with your children that's something for you you to discern how you're mm. going to do it but just ignoring them and saying no and saying no 500,000 times and then the dog okay let's give you an example i was at a client's house big fat dog was up on the couch and she doesn't like to be touched at when all? she's sleeping when she's sleeping oh, on yeah. the couch okay. so guarding the bed or guarding herself she just doesn't want to be told or been bothered mm. to be doing anything. There's a whole range of issues about what's happening with the dog, not getting walked, overfed, no stimulation, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there filling paperwork and I had young boy, probably eight, I'd say, mm. old enough to know. Yeah. Old enough to know what no means, that's for sure. Now, he's grabbing her and prodding her ears and pulling her, not like he's acting like a three-year-old child, but he's actively annoying her. Now, she's got ears pinned back. She's fully snarled. Her teeth are fully exposed, and she's opening her mouth. She is seconds from biting this child. And I'm like, whoa, 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 man, what are you doing? He's like, and he's not listening to me. Mom's like, come on, please, don't do this. Anyway, annoying, frustrating. I'm like, and I lay the law straight. I'm like, that behavior there is fully inappropriate in on in all levels, in all ways possible, that there, what's happening there is, mate, that's where dogs get You're about bite. one second away from getting bitten. She goes, but she always does it and never bites. I'm like, it doesn't mean that you then ignore it. She's mm. showing the clear warning signs that she's about to bite you mm. or bite your son. Now, she's on the couch and he's standing there and, the, and, he, and his face is pretty close to her teeth and she's got a big mouth. She's only a, like a, you know, a medium-sized dog, but, you know, small dogs can make big wounds. Mm. And I'm like, that there is just not appropriate and you need to fix it now. How do you fix it? She goes, well, what should I do? I'm like, first of all, teach your dog what off means. Teach your dogs that you stay on the bed until I invite you up so you're not jumping up and she's lazing all over the, the, the cushion and she's not like, not like she was a dirty dog, but she's not like the cleanest dog. Sure. So I'm like, so now your face is going to be on that cushion? Is that what you're saying to mm. me? No, number two is that teach, uh, number three is then you teach your dog, your child what no means and you, and you show them to show the dog respect. Period. There is no question about it. A common theme there. Yeah, and if you cannot follow through with your child and f- give him some form of consequence, whether it's now you have no PlayStation for the rest of the week, or or um, yeah. you know, you you remove the dog. Maybe he really likes the dog being around, and maybe most of the time it's that it's all right. But when she's lethargic and she's slow and she's and she's sleeping, she doesn't want to be annoyed. So maybe I just seen that one moment which is probably 1% of their interaction, mm. which was no good. But it only takes a half a second for something bad to happen. The dog should really be sleeping on its bed anyway, right? I think so. Anyway, that's Better just me management, personally. Yeah. Better management looks nice. Though. And anyway, and then they've introduced a new dog into the house. So there's a few things happening. Mm. And again, I don't want to like say that. You can't fix it all in, in any hour. And I'm not even saying that she's done the wrong thing. And I'm not even no. having there's a There's a lot of variables there. There's many yeah. variables. And the point is, is that- Maybe due to some ignorance of, of what was happening. Again, not that I'm th- judging her and saying, look how bad she is, is that that moment of ignorance can create another tick for a dog biting a child, which then means for dog owners and for dog professionals and for dogs in general, it's not a good thing because all of these things get written down. You go to the hospital with a little nick on your arm and it was a dog bite, that's a dog attack. Boom. Now- Do they have to report that? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I wasn't reported when I had to go to hospital and surgery for my hand, so I'm not sure. Right, but councils are cracking down, man, and it's getting more and more um in um more and more regulating, mm, which is a good thing. Yeah, but yeah. also then you know it, it's people aren't taking responsibility for themselves. They, they they don't have to get in trouble to change their behaviour. Let's be a bit more proactive, which is important. Mm-hmm. So. It's unfortunate that's what that was happening. Now, there was a range of things that were happening in that case for it to be a problem. 
It was that the child didn't know what to do. The dog wasn't getting regular exercise. She was overweight. So then she was probably sore as well. Again, as you said, there's so many variables that we can't say this was the one thing that made that happen. But if you're not doing the work in terms of understanding your dog and understanding your, the dog's body language and understand the circumstances for what they are, then how is a child going to know how to do that? He's only a young boy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's only going to do what he's been rewarded for in the past or what makes him feel, um, what, what has been desirable for him. So if he's had pleasure in playing with the dog and then that's their way of playing, then, then that's just how he sees it. But again, he's not seeing it for what it truly is. Mm. So this is very important. And I thought, I don't know if we've spoken about this before, but physiologically why a dog shows their teeth is because they're trying to lift their lips and curl their tongue back. So then they're ready to snap without right. biting themselves. Right. So physiologically, that's why they do it. Psychologically, they do it it's so then they can show the dog, I'm willing to bite you, but I'm unsure of you and I don't know if I should be dominant over you or if I should bite you. Yeah. So maybe this will work. So if the dog's the, showing their teeth- It's the first step to getting bitten, really. Isn't yeah, it? growling like, the sh- teeth I'm and then the snap. I'm showing you if you keep going. Yeah. It, you're, it's going to happen. This is good. Perfect, actually. So when Spades was growing up, he never had any interaction with children up until he was like two, two and a half because I didn't have any, I didn't know anyone with children. Mm. For me to say, can my Roddy Shepherd interact with your child? Because, you know, you know, like it'd be so inappropriate to do. So what happened was, and luckily I was home. My gosh. I was at home. My f- mum's friend came over and she had like a two or three year old or whatever, enough to run around and to run it towards the dog. Now, Spade's seen him and was like, mm, I'm a bit unsure about this. I don't know how to take it. And he walked off onto his bed and he lay there. Now, I'm standing in the courtyard doing something and I see little man just running full speed at Spade's. And Spade's is on his bed and you can see eyebrows were raised, the ears were back. And he was like looking around like, shit, where do I go? Then stared at the child and showed his teeth. And then straight away when that happened, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. First of all, I don't know what the child was doing in the courtyard when mum and her friend were inside, so against supervision, mm, you know, watching it. Hey, yeah. how are you going to stop it, right? Now, I happen to be there. Maybe that's the case. That's why the dog was there. I mean, while the baby was there, I can't remember. I'm like, hey, buddy, and I redirected him. I held his hand. I walked inside. I grabbed some food. We came back, and I'm like, hey, let's throw some food towards Spades' bed. And then boom, 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 reward, reward. I started showing him how to interact and engage with us, and then from there, I try to make it a more positive experience. And because we made it a positive experience in that case, and then again, I was more mindful. Now I'm mindful. Spades can be unsure around babies. Boom. That's that. You don't ignore that. Mm. So then every, and now, of course, I'm, I'm blessed to be in the position where we can take him to many clients and he sees lots of kids. And I have three year olds walking him on their own. No assistance. They say sit and he sits. They say, okay, they follow. So again, there's, um, there's good exposure, good repetition. And of course, these kids are feeding him as well. He has no problem with kids. Mm. Now, if the kid was being inappropriate, doing something to him, like there's been times where kids have been at my house, been friends of mine and they're, and it's their kids and they're doing something wrong. I'm like, Hey, that's enough now. Spade's going out the back and I'm locking him up and you're not allowed to touch him anymore. No warning. There is no warning. I'm like the nasty uncle in those moments. Mm. The reason why is because he needs to know that there's no five, six, seven, 20 warnings about don't do that to the dog. Dog's feeling unsure. He's trying to back away. And then they're refusing to do it straight away. I give a consequence. And in you're that case, representing Spade. Yeah, I can't smack that child. He's not my child, right? Mm. I'm not saying that I'll even smack my my child, but I'm saying, that, and when I say consequence, we first think about the cane or we think about some sort of physical punishment. The punishment in this case was negative punishment. I have and now removed Spades away, yeah. and that's something that he wanted to play with. Okay, he'll come back, but it's going to be 20 minutes when he's calmed down, and then we're going to try this all again. But you're going to listen to me, and if you don't, then we'll do that's just how it is. Yeah. And um. And most of the time it works, and sometimes I'm like, hey, and I've just told them, I'm like, look, 
this and that. And then now that I've done that because it's my dog, now mum and dad, had, first of all, know that that's how serious I take it. Mm. So now it's up to them to then control the child. End of story. And, and and if you can't do it, well, then that's your, that's your bad. So I guess it's a little bit about what to do around the dogs. I guess, again, as always, keep on regular training, keep on regular structured walks. Even if you're time poor, go out for that 20-minute walk rather than the hour walk, better than no walk. Mm. Don't be those people that only walk your dog on the weekends. It's no good, not acceptable. Keep your dog um, constantly active. Keep on training. It doesn't take that much time. Go for the walk with the, with the child and, and with your young, with your young kid or even with your baby. You know, make these, um, and things. Oh yeah, this is what I'm doing with spades now. So, um, we always played a game with spades where I'd go, where's Tanya? I don't want to do it too loud. It'll probably pop up and start looking for her. So I'd say that he would then look around, try, find her. Basically it's hide and seek. I'd develop the game so that he would wasn't- she, act, would she hide somewhere first? Or? Yeah. So she would yeah. hide. So at first we just made her hide around the corner or yep. behind a tree. Yeah. I'd say, where's Tanya? He would then go look for Sniff her. Sniff her out. As soon as I said it, she, this is how I did it. This was me and Tanya just playing with him. We weren't developing a training technique. If I was to do it any different, I would do it a little bit differently now. But anyway, it worked. I'd say, where's Tanya? She'd hear me say it. So she'd go, huh? and then as soon as she did that, he'd be like, what the hell? And then he would look for her. Because of the sound, he kind of tried to find it. Then it got to a point where we were playing in the house. And then there was a moment where I knew where she was. He went past the room and then boom, flipped around and went into the room because he's now starting to use his nose. Mm. And then from there, then it got to a point where she would hide in the park somewhere and you'd go. So it was just a fun game that we like to play. And I'd like to think that there's maybe some safety to it as well. Mm. So now what I'm doing with Leonardo is that I had, I first had him in the bassinet on the pram locked in and I had food on me and. Spades would like first, as soon as I bring Leonardo out, he would then come and sniff. And then I would say, where's Leonardo? Yes. And then reward. And he was like, whoa, that was awesome. Now I'd stand there. I tried it a second time. I go, where's Leonardo? He flipped towards the, the bassinet and he did that one sniff. I sent him sniff. I marked it on that moment and I rewarded him. Now there's a good point. I put on stories the other day where I was standing in the kitchen. I go, where's Leonardo? He was facing me. He looked away. He walked up to him like five or six steps, sniffed him. I think licked his foot or something. Um, cause it was on the little bouncer there. I marked it. I rewarded it. I did that a few times. And now I'm making it that it's, I'm making him get to me through Leonardo. Mm. And also I'm starting to show him what, like, it's just a fun game. We're making more positive experiences. And I think that's really cool. Something that you can maybe try with your baby as well. If your dog's appropriate and doesn't start pouring him or jumping on him mm. right now, I want him to like, Touch. He's like, my goal is maybe he can like touch his leg or something. Yeah. So then it's, it's non-invasive, but there's still some contact. So, and, and they, and they, and they enjoy being around him. So it's, it's a really cool time to be around, um, to, to get them around. Before I wrap it up, I did put a post up on Instagram. When was it? On the 25th of May. So I'll read the dot points out real quickly and then see if there's something that I could add to this. So, number one, constant supervision is a must without exception. If your dog is scared, keep on a lead or keep in the yard. Management and safety is number one. She'll be right. Attitude is not acceptable. Mm. And it's very true. It is a very Aussie way of- You're inviting a bad outcome. Yeah, we're like, oh, she'll be right. Let them sort it out. Mm. That can work. It could also work against you. Number two, rules in the house goes both ways for children and dogs. Children are not allowed on dog beds. Dogs are not allowed on children playmats. Number three, make sure that you make lots of positive experiences for your dog around kids, high-value treats for when kids are around. Dogs should want to be near the child, and this must be mutual. Good point. Number four, maintain a level of control and rules of your dog when they're inside the house. Our house is our temple, not a playground. Accidents happen. Make it minimal. Be proactive. So we've mentioned that. 
Number five, must children must know how to approach and interact with dogs, no pulling of hair, laying on top of dogs, annoying them in any capacity. Children need to understand this. If you cannot control and communicate effectively to your children, remove the dog. Train your dog, train your child. True? And number six, educate yourself on dog body language. Know when your dog is stressed, happy, excited, or aggressive. Be proactive in understanding what your dog is feeling. This is this is your responsibility. Children cannot understand these things when they are young. And, you know, that's it. Because we love dogs and because they're part of our community, if we're not doing the right thing to look after them, well, then who's representing them? Mm. And then, of course, if we as dog owners allow this sort of thing to happen – Bad management where children can put their hands through a fence and the dog, you know, it was only a few years ago, Malamute like took the five-year-old's hand off or something like that, right? Um, these things happening. If we're hearing this and it's going the first page on the newspaper or it's making the headlines, again, what does that look like for dogs in 20, 25, 30, 50 years? Mm. Is, is, are we going to lose the ability to look, out, to look after these beautiful majestic, majestic animals? Even though they're big and powerful, are we doing the right thing? And so. with good management, I mean, the dog gets to enrich the live life of the child of the baby you sure. know you want a young child to have positive experiences with a with yeah. a dog and and to to grow up with a dog is such a um such a privilege and such an amazing experience you know like it is. it's a great um tool to teach the child about life in general so they love to play with dogs mm. we also love they love to train them they love to show that oh i could send the dog to the bed until i say okay um, when we're out walking, a technique that I do is especially with young children, it's like, I want to walk the dog. That's fine. No problem. You hold, the child holds a lead. We walk behind the child with another lead attached to the dog's collar. So we're doing the controlling and the rewarding while the dog thinks that it's walking next to the child. Hmm. So then, of course, the dog learns how to walk with the child. So as he gets older and a bit more mature and you're supervising, they, he can hold the dog with no problem. But it's also teaching the children leadership skills from young. Have responsibility for your animal. When you get somewhere, you tell them to sit. See, structure is, we start to, we want to try to implement that to our children as early as possible. So then they learn that responsibility is normal. It's a normal thing of interacting with your dog and with yourself. And it's also about engaging and, and making it as, as, um, as positive as possible. So make fun out of it. Keep your structure and, um, yeah, as always, make any comments, any questions, or any anything that that you like to add. I think that's um, I think we can. Like, there's so many more things I'm sure that we could probably talk about. But if anyone else wants to add anything to it, then yeah, please do. Happy uh, to do that. Hit us up. Check us out. Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, lifewithyourdogpodcast.com. That's where you'll find us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hey guys. I had to add in a little extra to our podcast episode of Babies and Dogs. So you've been obviously listening to everything that I had to say. There was just one thing that I wanted to add, and I think it's pretty important. It's nothing that's a popular sort of idea, maybe amongst people that love their dogs. But if your dog is truly aggressive and poses a real threat to your baby or to your child, I think one of the best ideas, if you've tried all management, you've tried your training, and everything else, you've gone to the extremes even by, look, if you have to have your, a muzzle on your dog around your baby, well, then there's a problem. So my point here, just really quickly, is that if you can't manage, train, or control your dog around your baby and you find that there's a real risk, rehoming your dog to somebody that can look after him or her around and haven't, haven't got babies and have a good understanding of how to manage and handle your dog, then I think rehoming is an option and don't make it not an option. And I say this, 
I love dogs, but I love my child more than I love my dogs. And if I see that there's something that can be avoided and your dog doesn't have to attack your baby or your child, then if that can be avoided by rehoming the dog and giving him a better life somewhere else where everybody's safe, well, then I think this is also an option. So consider that. Think about it. I wanted to add it in because I forgot to mention that while we're in the conversation with me and Luke. So if there's any questions about it or any other ideas that you want to add, yeah, feel free to hit me up. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.